hello and welcome back to Agency Nation Radio. My name is Ryan Hanley. I am your host. And today we are joined by a very special guest, a guy I got to meet for the first time in person in Ohio uh, a few months ago. Seth Zaremba, the owner of Zinc Insurance, and I have a lot of questions for Seth. He's doing some really cool stuff, and uh, and I appreciate you taking a few time, a uh, few minutes of your time to to share with the audience here, man. No problem. It's my pleasure. So tell me a little bit about Zinc because uh, we had we'd connected for a while on social, you know, back and forth, you know, different comments on different things, and then um, and then we had a chance to chat for a little bit about about some of the stuff you're doing. Um, when I was in Ohio, and I was really taken back, uh, in, you know, in a good way, uh, just just really forward thinking stuff. So maybe just give me a little bit of the history on on your agency and and what you guys are doing, and just kind of bring people up to speed, maybe. Yeah, we are. Um, Zinc is a mother of innovation, not because it's cool. Everyone's talking about innovation like it's cool, but because we had to be. We were a startup in '08. I worked at a family agency that got sold to some national broker. I went into the interview and decided in about 30 seconds that I did not want to work for a giant machine uh, operated out of the Cayman Islands somewhere. So I decided, well, I can get a sales job anywhere, so I'll just I'll just start zinking. When I fail, I'll uh, I'll go take that sales job somewhere. And that was uh, next year will be 10 years uh, since I decided I was going to try something. So Zinc is a startup from absolute scratch. I always like to say less than scratch because I had a two-year non-compete. So um, we had to innovate from day one and always had to because that's the only advantage we had. We didn't have a a hundred-year-old legacy. We didn't have a a rich uncle funding our mistakes. Um, Everything we did had to work. And if it didn't work, we had to dump it and move on. And that kind of got imprinted in our DNA. And so fast forward to now, nine years later, that's just who we are. We're, we're a company that had to innovate to succeed. And what we're realizing is that's actually become really hip and really relevant. And what was once what we thought might have been a liability is probably now our strongest asset is that when we find something better, when we understand something different, we're willing to make the change right now. And that's a huge market advantage for us. You know, it's really funny that you, you know, that you see that. Um, I, I shouldn't say funny. Funny is not the wrong word. I, I think uh, maybe except, it's exceptional that you see that part of your business, the the innovation side and how maybe where once, I mean, I'm sure you've had, I'm sure you've had some interesting conversations with carriers as you've changed and probably changed more rapidly than they're used to any one of their agencies changing, especially agency um, that's just starting up. I bet you've had some really interesting conversations with carriers. We have. It's been, um, like I said, mother of invention forces you to do a lot of things and you don't have the luxury of being polite or asking permission. You have to do it because if you don't, you're out of business the next day and your carriers have to decide to go with you. And it's been interesting you know, when you start from scratch, it's hard to even get carriers and then you get them and then you got to you got to put the first million in the bucket before they even invite you to get a gold statue. And so you go through that process and then you realize that just being that is not going to be good enough. And especially when you look at the marketplace, um, just doing that anymore is not something that carriers even value. I mean, just being in business and taking over an agency is not something that carriers are necessarily impressed with. And so We've had to make a lot of changes um, because we didn't have the money and we didn't have the relationships, the tenure, the history to go with it. And so for us, that was always technology. Technology was 
infinitely cheaper than people and if deployed the right way would allow us to have some advantages in speed and accuracy the things that maybe our competition didn't have and as we've pushed that carriers have had to come back to us and say hey what what are you guys doing how are you getting these results um, they're atypical um, it scares us but tell us more because if you're doing what in nine years what some agencies have taken 70 years to do there might be some secret in that sauce and so we're having really good conversations with our carriers about that now. Some, um, it scares them. So we've had to part companies with some carriers who just said, hey, this is too much. It's too innovative. It's too different. But we actually got our first carrier appointment coming on here at the end of uh, 2017 because we're the innovator. And they know that they need to change and they want to associate for the first time with an agency who's on the front side of technology, marketing, and content distribution as a way to collect valuable customers for them and for us as an agency. It's been interesting. So this carrier uh, saw what you were doing and then sought you out. Well, what was that conversation like? Yeah, so we're, as a growing agency, we're now kind of reshuffling the deck on, on where we were deficient. And so we looked at our lineup of carriers, all of them who we love, and said, where do we have gaps? Where do we have holes? And so let's go out and fill those holes. Um, the company we ended up with was is, is probably known mostly as a traditional carrier. And so we approached them and they said, Hey, you got way too much hair on fire, man. This is kind of, this is kind of scary, but it's really interesting. And we know that we need to be looking at integrated marketing, um, content development, um, customer satisfaction and experience as opposed to customer service. Um, you guys are pushing and doing that. You're committed to it. You've got a model and a track record, track record of success. Um, let's keep talking. Well, over the course of about a year's worth of conversation, they got to see that it wasn't gimmick tree. It wasn't just a fad. It wasn't something that we were just trying out. And it wasn't something just to appease our peers or competition. It was something that we were truly committed to and we were developing meaningful results out of it. And so I guess it's like an itch when you're wearing a ski boot. Eventually you just got to take the boot off and itch it. Otherwise you go crazy. And, um, I think we're at that point now. Do you think so? The whole carrier agent relationship fascinates me. Um, in the new customer experience, you know, thought process as we as we think more about customer experience, right? And we get away from service and we get away from traditional relationships, just just kind of sitting on the way it's always been. And people start to question how agents and carriers interact from a customer experience standpoint. The selection process to me especially for the agents like or the agencies like Zinc who have kind of taken control of their future, it feels to me like the balance of power has shifted a little bit. And, and not completely yet, but, but it's starting to swing a little bit to the agents. And the agents get to be more selective with the partners that they choose instead of the other way where, you know, I know some agencies, it's just, please, someone give me an appointment so I'm cashing checks at 18% instead of 10% through an MGA, right? I mean, you're like begging to get an appointment. And I feel like that has shifted a little or started to shift with agencies who have who have taken a focus more of yours. Do you, do you think that's accurate? Do you see that happening in the marketplace? Or do you think maybe your situation is, is slightly unique? No, I think it's a marketplace issue. I think you're right on the money. Um, here, speaking of money, the money's changed. And so um, we've got to be able to figure out how to work together on that. And so truly less is more. Um, less appointments, but more meaningful relationships are going to yield better uh, compensation. And compensation is negotiable now. It used to be 
carriers came in and they would hand you that sheet. It was front and back and it had all their commissions and you, you took it. Now, if you're doing the right things, compensation is negotiated. It's variable and it's it's something you have to you have to really think through both from a carrier standpoint to the agency and an agency to the carrier. I think the other thing that 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 I'm seeing that's really meaningful and that agents need to be thinking about is connecting the customer, the carrier, and the agency into this assimilated relationship in the right way. And so I think it used to be when I got in the business, they're like, hey, there's three people involved in the sale. Make sure we're one of the two that's going to win in this because we know somebody always loses. The customer loses because they didn't get the right coverage or price. The carrier loses because we just shopped it to death and they're not going to get there at bat. Or we lose because we've got to do something just to get it in the door. I think thoughtful agents now are saying, listen, I've got to connect the right customer who values what I do and how I do it as an agency with a carrier who supports that only when all three parties win, do you have a really good piece of business that you can count on, not just for this year's revenue, but going forward as you build your business. And I think that is the new thing is connecting those three things. It's no longer two out of three uh, is good. If you don't have all three connected thoughtfully, um, you're not going to have a long-term growth strategy for your agency. What part of an agency like yours would scare a carrier? You know, I think a lot of agencies who who come from the very traditional model, you know, the, the I'm not, we'll say the, all the, you know, the, the cliche agency, right? Family agency, been in business for 50 years on a agency management system they bought in the early 2000s, um, you know, but operating, but still operating, right? Still making money, you know, maybe not a ton, maybe they've been even for a while, but everybody's doing well, the family's doing well, the employees have jobs, right? You're looking at that model. I think that's the case for a lot of people today. I know, I know some people are struggling, so I don't mean it to, to, um, to not uh, make a nod to that at least, but I think they would have a hard time understanding some of the stuff you're doing and what parts of what you're doing would actually scare a carrier into saying, you know what, this, I, I, I you know, I, it, it looks good, but we're not ready for that. Like, what are some of the places where there's some friction there? I think, I think traditionally carriers held most of the intelligence because they're sophisticated, you know, companies that are publicly held and they have to be. And so they have all the data um, and they're typically dealing with an agent or agency that's just trying to make it through their way, do the right things for them and don't have all the facts, don't have all the data. I think when, when we scare companies is they come into us and we tell them not to bring in their data because the data we have is more relevant and more accurate and more up to date than anything they have on a PDF uh, on their side. So I think they're looking at us and saying, whoa, um, this evolution of an agency, and we're not alone, there's lots of us out there, they're super informed uh, about how their business works. And we can no longer come in here with just kind of street level grade information, product pitches, sales, pricing, whatever, and expect them to adopt it um, and and use our set of facts to, to, to make a business case for it. When we come into Zinc, they know everything about what works and doesn't, and they don't want to have broad street level conversations. They want to talk product by product, pricing wise, strategy, distribution wise on how they're going to do that. And they're going to hold us accountable on technology because the investments they're making in technology is what's driving them. And they cannot step backwards when they interact with a company if they're going to continue to grow. And I think that can be somewhat intimidating if um, there isn't a great level of trust. And so I think what I work to do with the carriers we're working with is say, listen, we're doing all that stuff, but we're doing it for you. 
we're on the same end of the rope here trying to pull the same card up the hill so yeah don't be scared we can do that but we will do it with you not to you and i think that's a that's something that agents are going to get have to get used to is they they start to hold a little more power you know, that's a big stick and you got to swing it in a kind uh, and respectful and uh, um, trustworthy way for it to be valuable to a carrier. And so I've made some mistakes over the last couple of years in doing that, but I've learned that not there's more value in just having all that stuff. You have to be able to communicate in a way that makes people feel like they're part of it and they're not going to be victim to it, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Wow. I I couldn't agree with you more and I think that's incredibly insightful. Um, from your from your perspective, I, a lot of times I have, I have conversations with a lot of carriers, I have conversations with a lot of agents. And I feel like um, those who are, not, who are not moving fast enough, well, you know, I'm maybe doing some work, not doing anything, doesn't matter. But those who are not moving fast enough on both sides of the equation, their excuse tends to be, well, I don't hear this coming from the agents. And the agents say, well, well my carriers aren't pushing me to do this. How do we break that logjam? Because it's obvious that yourself and, and, and many others have seen what's coming. They're dissecting the marketplace and they're making moves to, to, to get ahead of the game. Um, if, if we can assume that somewhere there, there are some percentage at the, at the bottom that are never going to do anything and are going to be culled out of the herd. But there is a middle section of our industry, which it's almost like they're just, there's some paralysis and, and do you think that there is a solution for breaking that paralysis? Like, you know what I mean? Just, just, you know, does my question make sense? Yeah. Um, I, I think it, I'll take it from the agent standpoint because yeah. I've okay. given up trying to figure out when and if car- carriers are saddled by legacy systems and they're being asked to achieve 21st century results with 20th century technology. The difference for them is the cost of construction is a billion dollars where for us, it can be $75 a month. So they've got a different set of issues on their side. They're legacy driven and and the cost of of their overhauls are significantly more for us. But let's talk about agents. Um, We were nominated last year by one of our carriers for best practices. It's the first time I've ever had the honor of doing that. I didn't get it, Um, which if you know me, just fires me up anymore. But I learned so much in that process. And what I learned is they made me think about my agency in a completely different way. And when I compared myself to best practices, I I, I saw profit margins and revenue margins and revenue per employee margins that I never even dared to dream of just because I started from scratch and I I didn't know to. What was great about it is we were right there with with some of the best um, in a very non-traditional way. So it emboldened me to to continue to make some of the investments and changes we're doing. I think at the end of it, we're the last stand. independent agent carrier driven carriers need us to distribute agents have to wake up and decide i'm going to be that distribution force and if i do i'm going to have to make some fundamental changes because i know that if i don't do this carriers will figure out a way to distribute this stuff and they should i mean they're a business too i think that in itself has to be a motivator and then i think they have to look at their operations and look at efficiency and that's what best practice taught me is how to be more efficient with the decisions I make because efficiency is ultimately going to equate to profitability. I think too, the other thing that I learned in that process, and I think the reason that agents need to look at this as a fundamental uh, principle of change is we are valued on growth. I mean, that's it. I mean, Ryan, 
nobody, no carrier comes into my agency and gives me a gold trophy for great service. Nobody comes in here and gives me a great trophy for a legacy and tenure. They come in here and they give you trophies for what you did for them and what you do for them is sell. And I think agents are going to have to make that. We are sales organizations and the decisions we make from a technology standpoint, from an investment process standpoint, have to reward that. I think the good news in taking a, a look at best practices is that can be very profitable. And that's the reason we're in business anyways. And so I think that's a shift that's changing. Um, carriers, like I said, they have their own issues to deal with. But from an agency standpoint, we have to do that. If we don't, they will sell around us because they have to, not because they're bad guys or that there's some evil empire, but because that's the nature of business. And so it's it's kill or be killed right now for agencies. And there's a million ways to do it, but you got to do it. How do you uh, push on efficiency without sacrificing customer experience? Well, you got to push the right buttons. Um, most of us are pushing on efficiency for customer service. So we look at our agencies and we say, what's the most efficient thing for us? What's the way we can derive profit from our operation? If you do that, and I've learned a lot of that from Agency Nation, if you do that, you're, you're missing the boat. Um, I think to to be efficient, you have to focus with what you said, which is customer experience. So we have to redesign how we do that. And I'm telling you, we're going through that process right now. We just overhauled our agency technology two years ago, and we're going to do it again next year because we're not happy with how we're performing from an NPS score. So we're measuring our client's view of us and, and how they feel about us. And we're responding directly to that. And for us, it's it's soft skill training. So we need to be better on the phones. We need to say hello better and goodbye better. We need to follow up better. Um, but also it's process. Um, and what our clients are teaching us through NPS scoring is that, you know, what is commercial monitoring? Score for anyone listening yeah. who hasn't heard that term before. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, dude. No, that's okay. Net promoter score. What it's teaching us is, you know, we talk about things like commercial lines department and personal lines department. They don't think that way. They have a problem and whoever answers the phone, they want to solve it. So if we're set up that way, oftentimes we route them through this complicated metrics of service that is designed by us for us. And it often leaves them feeling pretty sore on the other end of it. So I think for us, we're looking at re- tooling all our technology, getting on a common platform so that we can provide that experience, knowing full well that if they feel good at the end of it, they're going to rate us highly. And if they rate us highly, they're going to more value our carrier that we place them with. And that's that triple win that I was talking about earlier. If all three buckets are filled, generally, you're not going to lose. So what you just described as when a consumer calls an agency, they don't care they don't want to go in the voicemail of Sally commercial lines because they called to have their problem solved, not talk to Sally from commercial lines. Um, this is such a large problem. And, uh, and, and really, actually, we were talking about it this week. Um, how does, so one of the things that we, we struggle with um, and, and, and what we do with, the, with the, the lead delivery, referral delivery service is uh, we are actually responsible for creating um, an incredible number of negative customer experiences for independent agents. And the what, reason we do this is because we are sending referrals to independent agents who don't pick up the phone, don't care to talk to them. Uh, they filter out clients who haven't done business with them before. I listened yesterday to a woman who asked four filtering questions around, are you a client? 
And the guy responded to all four questions. I've never called here before, but I just bought a home in your town. I need homeowner's insurance. He said that same sentence four times in a row as she filtered through, do I really want to deal with this guy? Because we've never had done business with him before. And um, so we've been thinking a lot about performance tracking. And like the very first thing on our list is does a human being who can answer, who can help that person pick up the phone? I mean, that is just, it's such a key piece. Uh, it's such a key piece. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. And as basic as it sounds, is, is, you know, the simple stuff is the hard stuff. That's what I'm wearing as I get down this. It's yeah. very easy to, to bolt on stuff that does just basic process stuff for you. But that human interaction, that point of contact, um, initial point of contact, that's the hard part. I guess what I'm excited about is <clears throat> that's also the good part. So I, I, you know, I can show you right now data on my agency that says personal lines and BOP is an extremely profitable, easy way to do business. <clears throat> if you look at our growth right now, anything that's technology driven and not human driven has a shorter turnaround time, has a higher NPS, net promoter score, um, and has a, a higher retention rate because the customer called, they got something fast, accurate at a price they can afford, and the process was seamless. That's the business that we have a value in our communities on. That's the business that is easy to write. That's the business that's very profitable for us all to write. And it's also the lines of businesses that the carriers are making significant investments in. So when we get our side of it right, I'm here to tell you that that business will grow significantly at a much higher rate, at a much more um, satisfied rate, and a much more profitable rate. You know, as I look at my dashboard on our agency, it's it's when humans get involved at the company side, in our side, when on the client side, when humans are having dispute or disagreement or questions, that's when it all slows down. So to the extent that we can manage that intake piece of it, that customer experience piece of it, if we do that really well on the front side and just drop it into the bucket that the industry has already built and that works pretty well, things happen, man. So tell me about, so you, you, before we went live, um, you started giving me all this gold and I had to, I had to stop you because I didn't want to lose it. Um, you were telling me about, uh, this, you, you described, you went through a technology change about two years ago, year and a half ago, and you had this, uh, this dashboard that's allowing you to see things. Maybe you could just, th that whole idea of having a dashboard, I think would be foreign to a lot of people. And I'd love for you just to describe kind of what is a dashboard and what you're getting out of it and what it really means to have that as part of your business. Um, it, it's game changing. As a matter of fact, we just had a carrier in here yesterday that was actually the first uh, carrier that would appoint me as an agency back in 08. And I love them to this day. I, you know, you know, agents We're like, we're faithful old labs, man. We will just hang by your lap. Um, but we've changed a lot over the years and they haven't. And they came in yesterday and we were talking about some strategy going forward, um, innovative stuff for them. Um, and they wanted to know if an agency could actually do it. And I said, well, let's start talking about it. You start talking, I'll start listening. And then let's run it through our dash and see what happens. Well, we pulled up our agency and and a guy I really respect in that company said, man, I we will not go into another agency and they will not have as much command of their operations as you do. It's impressive what you've done. So about... A year and a half ago, we said, listen, we've got to understand our business better than anyone, better than the carriers, better than the customers, better than the associations. So we started making some fundamental change that everything we did ended up somewhere because there, there's real value in that. Right now, we use disparate technology and it ends up everywhere. 
uh, or anywhere except where it needs to be, which is in our hands. So we started dead-ending all the technology into one place. For us, it's a company out of Germany that allows us to do that. And uh, for 500 bucks a month, you couldn't do better. But now I can see how we're performing from a sales goal standpoint. I can look at book of business. I can look at line of business, department within the agency, and I can do that on the click of a button. I guess I've lost sight of how impressive that is because when the carrier was in yesterday talking to us, they were just blown away by the understanding we had of our business and and how we could make decisions strategically based on actual live performance data that we've aggregated over the last 12 months. So they're introducing this new concept and they're saying, will this work? And I said, I don't know. Let's go see. And we were able to pull up and say, listen, if you allow us to do the front end marketing, get out of the way on it, keep your logo off of it and just stay out of our way on that. If you let us do the front end marketing and if you'll automate this part of the process, I can show you right now that it will work. And we looked at that and said, yeah, it'll work. A second product they were talking about, same conversation, like, you know, that's probably not going to work because we can't do this, this and this. So it really we got you know, probably an innovative product that not a lot of agents got because we just knew our business better yesterday. And so I've got a great product that I'm going to hopefully roll out next year that my competitors won't have just because I was able to dashboard my agency and make a good decision and business case to them on why we should get that opportunity and you shouldn't. You know, for, for, for the few of you out there, and I know that the, the audience that listens to this show is a lot of the forward leaners and I'm blessed to have them uh, as listeners, but for those of you who, who aren't uh, yet fully engaged in, in what's going on um, in this move, I, I hope that I hope what, you, what I hear Seth saying is that the days of you get this just because, just because you have an appointment, you get X, or just because we've done business for 10 years, you get Y, those days are coming to an end. And, and I think that that's a good thing. I think it's, it's bad for those people who don't want to move forward, but... Um, What's really heartening is to hear a carrier walk into an agency like yours and start positioning models to. And again, most agencies couldn't do that. You can. But that conversation, the fact that carriers in their mind, that that, that, that exec or whoever it was that sat with you goes back and says, you know what, guys? I know we sit here and we talk about ways to improve our, our margins and we improve our business or grow our, grow our, our book independents are doing this, right? I mean, the only reason that the carriers go around independents, the traditional uh, independent carriers go around their agency force is because they feel like we can't get it done. And when, when we can start having these conversations and they can go to their independent agency force and, and even if it's small today and, and do these models and feel like they're true partners, it does help lift everyone up, but you got to be leaning forward, guys. I, uh, Seth, I, I could talk to you all freaking day, man. I mean, this is this is awesome. I want to be respectful of your time, and and frankly, uh, uh, I want to leave the audience a little teased here at, with the idea that, guys, this 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 is happening. This is real life. I mean, you, you didn't go out and get sixty million. You didn't need sixty million venture capital investment to build this agency. Incredibly profitable, doing amazing things in the marketplace. And, and growing and, and just you can hear the excitement in your voice. So it's, um, you know, talking to talking to guys like you and, and, and you're hearing about agencies like yours is my rocket fuel, man. So I, I appreciate you coming on here. Uh, you guys keep doing what you're doing. I love it. I've I stumbled across you guys tuned in and it was immediately a different voice. It immediately was provocative. 
Um, it was somewhat disrespectful, but in all the right ways. And uh, you had my heart at day one. So keep doing what you're doing, and we'll keep doing the same thing. Appreciate you, brother. We'll catch you all on the next episode. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.